Welcome to Ask the Chief Information Officer on Federal News Network. Now your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is Chris DeRussia, the Federal Chief Information Security Officer. Chris, welcome back to the program. Great to have you on. Thanks, Jason. Great to be with you. We're also joined by uh, Justin Doubleday, a Federal News Radio reporter who covers a lot of cybersecurity. So you get a two of us today for the interview. So uh, I know we'll have a lot of fun. Uh, Justin, thanks for uh, joining me as well. Good to be here. So let's start with the basics. The, the final Zero Trust strategy is out. I'm so exciting. Let's just go through it. What are some of the 30, 60-day deadlines? What should agencies and, and, and everyone else keep in mind, Chris? We are pretty excited to have the strategy out. Uh, it's something that, as you know, we've been working on uh, since last year. And this final product we've got is such a great example of the public-private partnership, everybody kind of working together to create a clear roadmap that any organization can follow. It doesn't just need to be federal government. So we think that's an exciting opportunity for us to lead. Our goals here were to define what does zero trust mean for the federal government and make sure that we're creating a clear plan of action for agencies to follow over the next three years. I do think we've achieved those goals. And you know we've got some consisting starting points now for all of those agencies. And what we'll be able to do because of that is fund and measure progress and then be able to even benchmark that progress across the enterprise and see how we're doing across the board. So I think having this strategy in place creates those opportunities, and it's really exciting to have that. On the deadlines, the 30 days ensuring that there is an appropriate lead at each agency identified and empowered to go through this journey. We know it crosses IT and business cones in any agency. And then the 60-day deadline is really about um, submitting a, a clear plan of action, uh, both on the implementation side and on the budget side, back to OMB. So I want to talk about that first person, the, the, the empowered to go through it. How do you ensure, and maybe it should be, and I know OMB is not saying it should be X person or Y person, but it's easy to say, oh, the CISO is going to be in charge or the CIO is going to be in charge. And all of a sudden they put on another hat and that hat is their 10th hat of the day. And, and you don't necessarily have that belly button to push I'm using all my uh, my cliches here, but how are you ensuring that it's actually somebody who this will be either their full-time job or close to it? Yeah, absolutely. Look, I mean, as in anything, agencies are busy and resource constrained. So I think we'll, we'll have to be reasonable, um, but we completely agree. And we'll be pushing on that and and really making sure that they've picked the, the person who's going to have the right amount of focus and the right reach across the agency to lead this. And I think my experience there is sometimes it's the CISO and sometimes it may be somebody else. And we're just going to be asking the right questions to ensure the right person's being selected. Because so much of this, as you know, Chris, is, is personality driven. How well agencies do, how well they, how much progress they make is less about the technology and more about that culture change. So I, I think that's good. On the implementation plan, are there certain things OMB is going to be looking for in those plans? I mean, yes, to address those five pillars that CISA laid out. Yes, to address the goals within the strategy. But but I'm, I'm thinking more, what, what are the types of things that are going to be really important to you? The way we wrote this strategy was intentional in that, though there's a number of actions throughout, I believe it's around 19 or 20, we did not intentionally say each one of those needs to be completed by X date. And that is this 60-day task is each agency is at a different phase of this journey across these five pillars. There's a lot of different tools and capabilities involved, as you know, sitting behind the five pillars. What we're asking them to do is take a clear assessment of where they have maturity, where they have a plan, and where they've got a gap. 
And then let's focus now in 22 right now on all the things that they can do and should do, and then make sure that they're putting the plans in place that we can then appropriately fund for those things that they're going to need to do next. So each agency is going to have somewhat of a different ordering to fulfilling the whole plan. Now, that said, I do believe we are going to emphasize certain pillars and certain sections of the plan over others. For example, identity. I think we all know in Zero Trust Journey, you got to have a strong core identity. And we're pushing on MFA, something we've been doing for years, but we're doubling down and we're, we're putting the appropriate emphasis on it, I believe. Uh, and so, so you know, that's kind of how we're thinking about it, Jason. When you look back over the last six months, nine months after you all released the draft strategy, what has changed to this final one? What, what did the comments tell you about the, this final strategy, how to get the path to get there? We got a lot of detailed very insightful comments. And a lot of that was technical analysis. You know, we had people from academia, cross-government, industry, uh, folks who've been on the journey. And we, we took all that feedback and we really integrated it throughout the strategy. So for example, we were very tuned to something that got pointed out a lot that the new guidance here may overlap or conflict with other guidance. And we did get that feedback. And so we created a new section in, in this latest draft called policy alignment, where, where we just took that head on and described exactly how it interacts with any previous policy that, that it might. So, you know, that was one way. Um, we also spent a lot of time with, with NIST and CISA, making sure that our, our language is all lined up with the frameworks that they've developed, because that's crucial. We need full one government aligned strategy and approach. And that was very important to us. And so we did a lot of work on the changes to make sure that that was in place. And, and it was nice to have the extra time to be able to get that right. You know, and also I think the, the overall frame, the objects of the strategy, while they stayed static, a lot of that rewritten language was just to ensure that we also weren't being overly prescriptive and potentially not stand the test of time in what we believe are the right answers today. And that, that was tricky. There were some things that we kind of backed off on standards that maybe are still being debated and it's not clear where, where the forward is. We, we, we may have pulled back in other areas, just gave more room for how to implement, for example, on, on the goal, right? So those are like a lot of the type of changes that, that one would see they dissected the first version. Hey, Chris, I wanted to ask about the resourcing strategy here. Obviously, you guys want agencies to start implementing immediately. How are you expecting agencies to kind of fund these plans? Do you think that they they may already have some of this in place or will the bulk of this have to wait until fiscal 2024? Great question, Justin. So the nice thing about having that draft, again, where the pillars and, and the, the key core capabilities were settled back at the end of last summer was that was in time for the 23 budget conversation. And so without going into too much detail, I can tell you that it was a key emphasis and priority that we placed on the cyber budgets for all agencies who work closely with each resource management officer and agency CIOs and CISOs to make sure that, that they were prioritizing zero trust capabilities and specifically some of the things in strategy. So, so the good news is, is like we didn't lose the 23 cycle, which it's tough, right? When you, with the way the budget cycles line up to technology investments, which you can't afford to. And so, so we didn't, which is great. And then when you look at the 60 day plans, that's really about right now is the time when we, when we want to get 24, right. And so that's building off of that 23 investments and really making sure that we're focused on the right 24 investments right now. So that's the kind of next order of focus. 
And then the plan also, uh, or the strategy always also mentions the possibility of seeking alternative funding through working capital or technology modernization fund. Do you, do you have that slack in funds like that to accept a bunch of proposals from agencies or, or how do you see that piece of it working out? We have some. So when you look at the TMF, um, I'll go there first. You know, we approved as a board three zero trust projects last year. And, uh, you know, I won't give away the future. And also the board hasn't fully uh, had the opportunity to digest all. But I think it's very predictable that we are going to continue to prioritize looking at good zero trust investments and projects from agencies as the board, right? And, and we've said that before, cybersecurity is a top priority of the board and zero trust plans are, are at the top of that stack. So, you know, I think it's very reasonable to foresee that we will have more of those. And we definitely want to be encouraging agencies if there are pieces of their zero trust plan that they feel are not be or not be able to be funded in the budget for whatever reason. We also, you know, do view that as another outlet where we can continue to kind of like push them forward in their journey now in 22, right? To sort of get them on that path that we're building into the budgets in 23 and 24. Chris, on that note, let's take a quick break. My guest today is Chris Russia, the Federal Chief Information Security Officer. I'm Jason Miller, and I'm joined by my colleague, Justin Doubleday, and you're listening to Ask the CIO on Federal News Network. Welcome back. You're listening to Ask the CIO on Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller, and I'm joined today by my colleague, Justin Doubleday. My guest today is Chris Russia the Federal Chief Information Security Officer. I know that when we talked previously, you mentioned, hey, this is not a one-year effort. This is a multi-year effort. You all have laid out a, a goal of 2024, end of 2024, to really get an architecture in place. The strategy lays out some common path, but, but talk maybe a little bit about the other ways you're going to reduce this uncertainty. There's pilots, there's shared services, there's data standards. There's all these other pieces that can come together to help agents move them more quickly, especially as with all due respect, agencies potentially are waiting for funding. Our focus in the months and years ahead is really just working hand in hand with the agencies throughout this implementation process and make sure that they have the right tools and support that they need to meet the goals we set out in the strategy. You know, just I'll say it to me, this is the starting line with the release of this strategy, right? Like that's how I view it. Um, agencies have been working on a lot of these capabilities in many places, but this is us coming together with the clear forward plan that we're going to emphasize. And we do know and understand that it's all an implementation and we're going to be very focused on that moving forward. You mentioned shared services. You know, I think the CISA shared services play a big role here in the government strategy and also in this plan here. You know, you talk about DNS, vulnerability disclosure, asset discovery, CDM, continuous diagnostics, mitigation, right? These are Certainly, key programs at CISA is working on that are going to support implementation of various pieces of the plan. And, you know, look, I, we absolutely intend on, on making sure that agency practices are, are, that are working in one place are working government-wide. And CISA can help with that. And we can lift that up here at OMB by bringing people together and, and making sure that we're sharing what's working and, and another place where we can do that is in TMF. And in, in fact, on the, on the three awards that we've put out, then an explicit uh, sort of part of that approval was we really want you to kind of give back to the community. And then he wrote, you know, run books and things that you're developing and lessons learned. You know, we, we need that to be shared in the community. And they're all very enthusiastic about, about doing that. So there's a lot to do here, but I think it's exciting. I think everyone's pretty energized and informing around now that we've got a construct here that we can do that too. 
I know I heard from GSA just earlier uh, last week about a new playbook they're putting together, a zero trust playbook. It's with the CISO council, the CIO council, and industry. I know that's probably a piece to this. I know it's separate from TMF, but again, making sure that there's a path that agencies understand. Okay, here are some basics. Can you, is there anything more you can offer about that playbook? I heard maybe potentially use cases, though I guess we're not calling them anymore. Templates is maybe the better word. It's the same intent there, and it's all, it's all connected, and it's, it's the same exact intent that I was just talking about. It's, it's making sure that like, there's a lot of, you know, whether you call them use cases or not, there are specific challenges that each agency is going to face in this journey, and there's a lot of commonality there, especially for big federated agencies. And what we know is we need to keep creating opportunities to bring folks together and creating tools to help manage through those problems. If we figure out how to solve it well once here, our goal is like, let's get that goodness to everybody and, and make sure that that's happening. And that is where you know you have a big CIO council, CISO council, and OMB, increasingly NCD, you know, my other hat, just really working on that cohesion, federal cohesion that we're all driving for. Chris, I wanted to ask about, you know, oversight and and not just oversight, but measuring progress. You know, you've got some reporting in the strategy, but you've also got the FISMA metrics. Uh, I was looking through them for fiscal year 2022. Seems like there's some new questions in there for agencies. Zero trust, I don't think shows up, but there's a lot of zero trust enus to the FISMA metrics. How are you expecting to monitor agencies' progress? What are you, what are you looking for going forward? Now it's all public. Fortunately, we've been building these things together the whole time, right? And they're, they're mutually supportive. A lot of the goals that we are describing in detail in the strategy are you know, mutually supported in those FISMA metrics and the changes that we're trying to drive across the board. So, you know, yes, we're in FISMA 22 guidance, we are intentionally working on getting to greater focus on capabilities that are leading to observable security outcomes. You know, that's where you see a lot of the uh, focus on sort of reducing the tax surface, I might summarize it as, whether it's vulnerability disclosure programs, red teaming, blue teaming, pen testing, like all the things that are kind of working to really get data on that and know from the adversary lens how well you're actually doing. And so, so look, we are in, in Log4j, I mean, what a great example of where like we're now in that phase of the response there where we've done a lot of the blocking and tackling. And it's these types of efforts and programs that are finding out where we were wrong about, you know, any and I'm, when I say we, any organization in the world is wrong about its risk posture because they just didn't know that the vulnerability is still available somewhere in that code they were able to decipher. And like we need to, we need to make sure that we're emphasizing the growth of these capabilities. And that's like a lot of what the metrics are doing is like first taking it to like a temperature of where our agencies actually at with those. So we can understand what we may need to do as interventions to help them build out and support the build out of those capabilities. Yeah. And on that front, you mentioned multi-factor authentication and the crucial role it plays in the zero trust strategy. And, and that's one of the metrics you're asking about in FISMA, of course, as well. How big of a lift do you think that will be across the federal enterprise as you're looking at where multi-factor is implemented and, and how, where you need to get it implemented? I mean, first, I guess I take a step back and say, you know, the goal, we're really focusing on those security measures that are going to give us the highest return. And when you look at things like MFA, it's just towards the top of the list and stopping bad actors from achieving their goals, right? And And I know it's something that, 
we've been talking about for a while, but there's a reason that it's been given the airtime, the prioritization in the cyber executive order from last year and zero trust strategies you point out, particularly in the identity pillar within that. You know, so look, I think that I don't know how to describe it completely. We've been working on it for a very long time. So you could you could say well, we're at the last mile. And what do we mean when we say last mile? We just mean the hardest part, right? The, the, the places where there's a good reason it hasn't happened yet, oftentimes, or at least an understandable reason. And a lot of times, as, as you all know, these are not IT solvable problems. They go into a business unit that got a, an exception at one point in time. And it could have been a really long time ago. And it's time to shine a light on that. It's time to not sort of accept that status quo risk acceptance decision in 2022. We got to look at it and see, does it make sense anymore? Because we've, we've just continued to learn how important having MFA in place is. And frankly, as the strategy pushes on, we've got to be focused on phishing resistant MFA. And I know that that's just that much harder. But but we've got to be able to say that, that that's what we need, because we are seeing the evidence of these other methods being defeated and the writings on the wall. And it may be hard to get there. And that's true. But we've got to be able to articulate and say it's the goal. And that's what we've done here. A lot of agencies have made a ton of progress around uh, two-factor authentication, multi-factor authentication, post the OPM breach back in 2015, timeframe 2016. Where is it just those exceptions, or are you looking at the higher level privileged access as a, as an example, as the that last mile for a lot of the multi-factor authentication areas that agencies need to get to the point where they can then start moving to the broader areas of zero trust? Like what what kind of trends or what are you seeing across the government? I know each agency is different. I got that. Going back to phishing, phishing resistant NFA, like you know, we've with, with, with the PIV cards. We've been pushing on that for for a very long time. I think one of the acknowledgments you see in this strategy is there's other methods of phishing resistant MFA that are available nowadays. And you see increased flexibility, actually, in the strategy in saying that where that may have been the barrier, we're going to provide some more options as our policy goal. So I I do hope, so yes, it is more than just there's a business exception, which may have a really good reason behind it, frankly, you get into like medical use cases and doctors and things like there's, look, you know, it's, it's hard. And I think what we're trying to do is we're just saying like, well, let's go after that. Like, let's really understand each of these business problems and use cases and, and figure out how we get there. And if that means making some future change and some future policy direction or decision, we want to just get, we want to get the information we need to be able to like make wise decisions on that front. It, it just seems like the MFA piece is is that the key to zero trust. And a lot of agencies are, are pretty well forward with that. I mean, obviously, if they're not, there's there's a bigger problem for you than... Uh, well, I would say identity is, and MFA being a big part of our identity strategy, but getting like, you know, to, to, to single sign-on, you know, enterprise managed, like there's a lot of other goals in the identity pillar edition that I would sort of like sort of put on like similar footing. But MFA is at least one where... I would say society understands the concept now, which is helpful. It does impact the user as well. So it requires a lot of interaction. You know, it, it affects the user, right? And that's the, that's always where it, it, the most communications needed. And, you know, it sometimes takes the longest, but we're excited. We're making a lot of progress and have over the years. And we're, you know, we're just excited to keep moving. 
The other thing that I've heard from industry that they really were surprised by, but pleasantly surprised by, is this push to the application layer versus the network layer, the having the zero trust at that application layer. Was that something, I'll say consciously, you knew you had to go to, or did you hear that from industry that we have to protect at the application layer? Therefore, the cloud, the software as a service, that changes this the way our approach to cyber. Because when you, you say in the in the strategy, this is a paradigm shift, which is one of our favorite lines in, in the media world to say when it comes to cybersecurity. Well, I mean, I think that's one of the big things we're talking about when we say it's paradigm shift, right? It, it, it is something that we knew going in and it was in the early draft and, you know, we, we, we refined it with input, but that's, that's a core thing that we had uh, and, and knew we needed to shift towards. Not that it's going to be easy and you see some tasks in there where we're going to walk towards it, where we're going to say, pick an application, you know, that, that you're going to learn to move away from your VPN and your current model for, in, in the perimeter-based approach intentionally because we got lessons to learn and and it's a shift but yes that's the big that's one of the biggest movements and it's just an acknowledgement that we're not in any way because i know sometimes people say the perimeter is dead i don't like that phrase i don't i i think what it's trying to say is we can no longer rely on the perimeter as our is the thing that's going to save us right like and, and you just look at log4j and overnight you know it's just an obvious statement to say that, right? It's irrefutable, frankly. What is what are, what are we going to do if that's true? It'll still stop plenty of attacks, our perimeter defenses. They do every day, every day. But like, if we can't rely on them, particularly with stealthy adversaries, as we learned in solar winds, as another example, we got to move towards this new model where we're just getting tighter and tighter around um, how we control these important systems and data. And, and moving towards the application is just, is just an inevitable conclusion of what we need to do. What's the message to agencies, the accountability side, the, the overall message to them about this zero trust strategy besides get it done, it's important, and, and, and uh, we're here to help. But what, what do you hope that they take away from this strategy? I think there's lots of stakeholders to speak to, but I think it's, it's the IT shops know what this is and are very supportive and, are, and have been and wants to move in these directions. I think the people I want to talk to are the employees and saying, if there's some changes to how you, you, you currently work, you know, um, understand that it's for a good reason, right? And, and, and work with your IT teams and, and kind of try to understand why these changes are necessary and don't resist them, right? Um, and then and when you look at agency leadership, look, you know, your IT team, your sister is going to need your support. And if you're in a business unit, same, they, they're, they're your colleagues and they're working to protect your data, they're working to enable your mission and prevent a ransomware attack or, or, or a denial of service attack, which could prevent you from completing your mission. And they're just trying to, to enable everything that is, that, that is all digital, right? And that's, that's the key message, I think, is like, this is going to be a big movement, a big shift, and it's going to really require everybody from agency leadership down to the user to sort of be bought in. And that'll be a big thing. We know we need to work on that to get the full communication plan out there and support agencies in that approach. And that's why we'll be engaging at the leadership level and, 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 and not just the CIOs and the CISOs. All right, Chris, there's a lot more to talk to you, but unfortunately we are out of time for today. So let me thank my guest. Chris Russia is the Federal Chief Information Security Officer. Chris, thanks so much for taking the time. Yeah, absolute pleasure. Thanks for uh, having me on. I'd also like to thank my colleague, Justin Doubleday, for joining us on this uh, interview as well. Justin, pleasure to have you join the show for once. Thank you for having me on too. 
I'm Jason Miller, and we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation about cybersecurity. This time, we're going to talk about metrics as they relate to the Federal Information Security Management Act. You're listening to Ask the CIO on Federal News Network. Welcome back. You're listening to Ask the CIO on Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. For the next two segments of the show, we're going to continue our conversation about cybersecurity. We're going to move over to talk about the Federal Information Security Management Act, or FISMA metrics. The Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency recently released new and updated FISMA metrics for 2022. Agencies are required to start measuring their progress against those metrics that are mostly based on the President Biden's cybersecurity executive order from last May. My colleague Justin Doubleday caught up with Ross Nodorf. Ross is a former cyber director at the Office of Management and Budget and now is the executive director of the Alliance for Digital Innovation. Justin, Ross, take it away. I just want to start by asking what your big takeaways are from these new FISMA metrics, because they're a pretty big change. We have been advocating for updates to the FISMA metrics for, you know, for a little while now. And I think that given where we are with a change in administration, a change in, in the policy landscape, a pretty big demarcation and embrace of zero trust. And because of that kind of point of demarcation from a policy standpoint, it's a, it's a great time to start measuring new things. A lot of metrics don't change because you want that longitudinal perspective. So you can't change metrics every year. Otherwise, you're just looking at point in time as opposed to seeing progression. But new policies, new shifts, new, hopefully new funding and modern solutions plus new zero trust architectures is a great time to start measuring new things. A lot of these questions show up in past FISMA metrics, but it's kind of reordered the priority of things. You have multi-factor authentication right at the top. It looks like it's reorganized around the executive order, really. Is that your sense that it's the executive order from last May kind of driving the changes here? I mean, yes. I, I think that it is the executive order coupled with some of the policies from the due out of the executive order that are driving what we're seeing right now. And then I'll go back to what you just said about there being metrics that were in previous iterations of the FISMA document. That needs to happen. You can't have a completely blank slate of new measurements because you're not all of a sudden in a new environment. In order for agencies that are in varying degrees of their modernization journey to truly make that transition, you're going to see different environments along the way, right? And you have to measure the security of each of those environments, whether it's in more of a legacy-based technology environment that's built around a hardened network or hardened perimeter with, with kind of softer middle. Like, you still have to measure that older version of what security was good security while you're growing towards a zero-trust environment. And frankly, you know, I think that there are metrics in here that were, you know, we could add to it that would, would continue to measure for some of those kind of older versions of systems until we get to good. Like you could almost, as this particular document is updated through the course of the administration, I think that there are things that you can add to it to kind of help us look back on where we've come from. And that, that's one of the areas where, you know, I'm excited to see them hopefully continue to grow this document, right, is, is providing specific metrics that look at some of those older systems and compare them to what the, what the measurements were before. I mean, this, I think there's a lot of new in here, and it is built and, and reorganized around that around that executive order. You used to lead the writing of uh, documents like this. How big of a deal is it to overhaul the metrics 
to this extent. Uh, just give us some inside baseball here. What, what goes into this? We used to get the product of a lot of work uh, that came out. So to write a document like this is a significant lift that involves OMB and DHS leading a group of people who work in security across the agencies that are being measured. So these, these aren't just written down on paper by someone at OMB and put out there. I'm speaking from during my time now. There was a significant process where people in a subcommittee would meet over and over and over again to develop what the metrics are that needed to be part of this document throughout the course of the year, and then they would push it out to the broader federal civilian community that was being measured on this, and they would iterate on that document to the point where it transitioned multiple times before OMB finally took it and said, okay, we're going to adjudicate the comments and, and call it call it good. There's a lot of lifting. There's a lot of discussion and debate uh, about what can be measured, what should be measured. And, and I think what's exciting about this is there seemed to, I mean, there must have been some type of agreement across that interagency that this is a direction that we needed to go, which to me indicates buy-in because otherwise you wouldn't have seen the changes that you've seen, right? People have people, whether they were pushed, pulled, or jumped willingly, like they have agreed to these metrics, and I think that that means people are in the boat going the same direction. Whether or not they're rowing remains to be seen, but they're going in the same direction. Yeah, sometimes you can be pushed and jump at the same time, right? Uh, so is there anything new in here that you'd specifically want to highlight that you know maybe you're happy to see or, or surprised to see? So... You mentioned the multi-factor authentication section. There is measurements here that really kind of address some of the, the questions around both, you know, using PIF cards as well as verifier impersonation resistance, so basically phishing resistant authentication, which is, which is definitely new. So we are putting in metrics that allow us to measure kind of how people have done multi-factor authentication since HSPD-12 was issued, all the way to what we're moving towards now, which if you if you looked, CISA just put out a document kind of espousing the FIDO standard as one of the gold standards for authentication, which is a wider lens from which to view authentication. And I think, frankly, it's the future. I mean, you're, you're talking allowing for companies that are you know, mostly cloud-based that do phishing-resistant uh, authentication and, and have adopted that FIDO standard to really be implemented across these environments, where before it was only PIV all the time. So I think it's what we're seeing with these metrics is a wider aperture. That's one example. Interesting is that the ground truth and testing was a good one, and then smart patching. So if you read them, there's a preamble before each particular section, which I think is very, very helpful to get an understanding of the direction that these metrics are going. What I see here and what I am hoping is the case is that these metrics are going to be used as part of an oversight tool. And what I mean by that is these metrics aren't going to be the, the it when it comes to understanding an agency's security posture. I think that this is going to provide it's almost going to be like a, a chart that you fill out before you go into the doctor's office where you talk about your history, talk about where you're at, and they're trying to assess something that's a pretty dynamic thing and sometimes hard to uh, assess and diagnose. And I think that what I'm reading in the ground truth and testing is they're trying to figure out how to 
understand if the testing that you're using and conducting is not just is it adequate, is it regular enough, but is it is it meeting the needs of the threats that are in and around your environment. So when I read the preamble, I was, I was pretty excited about it, and I think it's going to be built into a process where OMB is going to take this and go and talk to each of the agencies, whether it's through what we used to call a cyber stat, where you're doing the kind of interactive dialogue at a, at a CIO, deputy secretary level, or if it's individuals uh, talking with their, their you know ISOs at a certain level who are doing the testing, whatever it is, I think that I read this as we're going to we're going to gather what information we can via metrics and then we're going to go talk to them about how they how they're actually implementing this so that we can get a fulsome picture of the way that they're implementing a certain security practice. That to me was very exciting. Yeah, and I think you know that ground truth and testing is an entirely new section. You know, questions about red teaming, threat intelligence, blue teaming. None of that has been in there before, right? No, and look, this is what I'm saying. They're, they're writing to new policies. They're writing yeah. to current policies. VDP section is written to the VDP memo. The um, logging is, you know, it's a result of the EO, but it's a new memo that came out this year as a result of the EO. And, and they're putting all of this in here to measure what they're trying to get at. Again, I would like to see, you know, as this document evolves into next year, how are we making sure that we're taking care of what we used to measure as well so that there's there's a little bit of continuity in there? But this is in general, very exciting because it's moving people to best practices in the security space that allow for the implementation of those zero-trust principles that are, that are written about in the draft policy. Let's take a quick break. Today, we're going to continue our conversation about cybersecurity with a focus on the Federal Information Security Management Act, or FISMA metrics, for 2022. The Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency released new metrics and agencies are using them to measure the progress against the President Biden's May executive order on cybersecurity, as well as a new zero trust strategy just released by the Office of Management and Budget. My colleague Justin Doubleday caught up with Ross Nodorf, former OMB cybersecurity director and currently the executive director of the Alliance for Digital Innovation and Industry Association. I'm Jason Miller, and you're listening to Ask the CIO on Federal News Network. Welcome back. You're listening to Ask the CIO on Federal News Network. Today, we're going to continue our conversation about cybersecurity with a focus on the Federal Information Security Management Act, or FISMA, metrics for 2022. The Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency released new metrics, and agencies are using them to measure the progress against the President Biden's May executive order on cybersecurity, as well as a new zero-trust strategy just released by the Office of Management and Budget. My colleague Justin Doubleday caught up with Ross Nodorf, a former OMB cybersecurity director and currently the executive director of the Alliance for Digital Innovation and Industry Association. Another new section in these metrics is workforce. It asks for the number of full-time equivalents agencies might need for positions like forensics analysts and incident responders. Have agencies had a uniform way to report that type of information up the chain before? In my time, there were workforce questions. I think that this particular section is very robust. It doesn't just measure the, the positions, and those have evolved, right? So that was interesting. So I've seen the, the update to the types of positions that are that are being collected for. Uh, we used to just measure, do you have enough security professionals, period, full stop, right? And now we've got to kind of a, a myriad of types of security professionals, so that's helpful. But it goes beyond that to say, how are you educating them? Do you have enough budget to, to continue to do that? Are you, what are the gaps that you have 
write it in, please, right? So I think it's, it's allowing for a little bit broader discussion about cybersecurity workforce. What I would really like to see, and this goes not just for the workforce section, but for several sections, how are you leveraging the expertise that's in the private sector to help augment the, the workforce that you have here, right? And that's the same for, for some of the ground truth and testing. We need to, we need to take this and, and continue to measure how are you leveraging the security acquisition vehicles that are out there to, to augment your security environment? What are the best things that you're doing? Because we talk about workforce. That's a perfect example. Workforce is a, is a Chico function. It's not a CISO function naturally, but you have to work with one or the other. So we have to also take into consideration what we're doing around acquisition, right? What's the, what are the acquisition strategies that are benefiting and augmenting the security environment? So I think that should be part of this, you know, in the future. Again, additional to, I think this is a great great place to, to really start to grow kind of a more modern, more future-focused set of security metrics. And you touched on this earlier regarding the oversight function that this should play going forward, but can you talk a little bit more about what you think these metrics will result in down the line with the annual FISMA report and hopefully some improvements that agencies make? In my time, OMB used this document a couple different ways. One, they would take it in, they would use it to build out a series of questions and slides where we would go in and have a standardized, somewhat formulaic interaction with an agency to help fill out the gaps that weren't in there, right? So I think that OMB is going to take this, which is a much more dynamic outcome-focused series of metrics, and use this to build individualized performance discussions with agencies. That's where I see this going, and I'm, I'm very excited about that possibility. In addition, I think what we'll see is hopefully this will be leveraged by all of the oversight authorities that are interacting with agencies. You know, you, you would go talk to the inspector general, the SIGI Council of Inspector Generals, and you hopefully work with them on the metrics. They would agree to most of them because they are covering a lot of different things. So hopefully they're going to use and leverage these metrics, and they're going to do it in a way that allows for smart conversations with the agencies and not just a, okay, you're not meeting a certain threshold, therefore you are not secure, right? I think that because we are entering into a land of outcome-driven metrics that are measuring dynamic things, the, the oversight officials need to hold people accountable, but they also need to partner with agencies to truly understand what the answers to the question mean. The other thing is, because we are at the first year of measuring these, this new set of metrics based on new policies, we have, to, we have to realize that agencies are going to be starting from varying places along the spectrum of good. So we're going to go from where they've, they've been able to, you know, hopefully meet certain metrics to now all of a sudden looking like they're not meeting all these metrics. Does that not mean that they're not in a security posture that makes sense? Maybe, maybe not, but we have to recognize that we're measuring new things, so we're not going to get 100% across the board, and that doesn't mean that our security is collapsing around itself. We have to be smart about how we're understanding and interpreting these metrics. And I'm hoping, to answer your initial question, that when OMB writes the FISMA report, they, they make sure to outline and provide the people who are reading it with a lens through which to view this first year of these metrics. I think that's going to be extraordinarily important to oversight, and it's going to be extraordinarily important to encouraging agencies to continue to down this path in a way that allows for partnerships, whether it's partnerships with public sector or partnerships with private sector, partnerships with their oversight authorities, partnerships with Congress to develop 
real budgets that make sense to address some of the concerns that are, are outlined in these metrics. I think that that is, that is where I'd like to see the FISMA report go. Got it. And, and Congress is looking to make some big updates to FISMA this year. The Senate Homeland Security Committee passed its version of the FISMA update bill last year. And in the House, the Committee on Oversight and Reform is pressing ahead with a similar bill. So how, how do you think these new metrics play into where Congress wants FISMA to go? This is a series of metrics that starts to measure things that Congress has been asking agencies to move towards. It's a good start in that direction. I think that what I would like to see, again, going back to the, the previous question, is OMB taking these metrics and working with the Hill to understand how these metrics should be read and what else goes into the use of these metrics. And it goes back to the analogy about the doctor's office. If you're walking to a doctor's office, you fill out a chart, submit that. If somebody randomly who is not a doctor got that chart and started looking at it, you may be able to draw some conclusions, but you may not have any real concept of what the whole picture looks like. So it's going to be very important for OMB, as they're building the FISMA report, to be working closely with the oversight authorities in Congress, whether it's CORE or HISGAC or any other thing, to, to make sure that they are part of the process, right? One of the things I like about the security space is it tends to be a unifying front. People want security at departments and agencies, and I think that working together with Congress, with OMB, and with the agencies is the fastest way to get there. So I think as OMB continues to um, push agencies to answer the questions here, it's going to be incumbent upon them and, and incumbent upon Congress to work together to understand what the actual picture is we're seeing at the agencies and to help make sure that the agencies have the resources they need to invest in the modern technology solutions that are going to really drive a more secure environment. That's all the time we have for today. You just heard from Ross Nodorf, a former OMB cyber director and now the executive director for the Alliance for Digital Innovation and Industry Association. He and my colleague Justin Doubleday were talking about the Federal Information Security Management Act or FISMA metrics for 2022. Earlier in the show, you heard from Krista Russia, the Federal Chief Information Security Officer, talking about the new Zero Trust Strategy released by the administration in late January. I'm Jason Miller, and you've been listening to Ask the CIO on Federal News Network. You've been listening to Ask the Chief Information Officer on Federal News Network. Tune in Thursday mornings at 10 or subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast One.